heard people say, well, that person just knew somebody and that's how they got the job. Well, of course. You know, you have to know somebody in order to get hired. You're basically saying that person just marketed better than you did. Welcome to Getting Money Right with your hosts, David Thompson and Leo Sabo. And I'm so excited about this episode. Today, we're going to be talking about how to get hired. And this is fun for me because I actually just went through a three or four month process of hiring a couple people myself. Mm -hmm. So if you've ever wanted insights into the hiring manager's mind, the person who actually is hiring people, uh, I'm not always that person, but I just was that person. And so uh, here are the things I say. These are the things that I was looking for and thinking as I was going through this hiring process. And it may give you some insights. We want to help you get hired because that will allow you to have an income so that you can get money right, so that you can go on to do the things that you love to do. You can chase those visions and dreams uh, that are on your heart for your life. And that's what it's all about. So uh, first and foremost, you know, it's time to get focused on finding the job that you want. Uh, maybe you're already working somewhere right now, but are you working in the job that you really want? Mm. And I definitely wouldn't recommend just disappearing from your current job. You know, you need to make sure that you've got this next role lined up, but it's time to start thinking about it. What do I really care about doing? What am I passionate about? You want to find something and, and maybe even in the season of life you're in, maybe it's not a passion job. Maybe it's just another $5 an hour job. And that dramatically changes your finances. And so, so be thinking, okay, where do I want to go next? And what do I need to do that? You know, there's a ton of jobs out there these days on indeed.com, careerbuilder.com, monster.com, simply hired. Uh, and most of these, well, not always, but a lot of times you'll see the entry level job positions marketed there. Um, basic first-time jobs. Sometimes you'll see some mid-career jobs and a few executive jobs. Uh, but if you're applying for an executive role, I'm talking about making 80, 90, 100,000, 150,000 or more. Um, really, everything that I'm about to talk about in this episode, it should be second nature to you. These should be things you're already thinking, and you shouldn't necessarily be going to Indeed.com trying to find your $155,000 role. You should be utilizing your network, working with recruiters, and going a different route. But as you're listening to this today, I want you to be thinking of some of this stuff in the $40,000 to $80,000 range, but it applies to every job seeker. Um, you know, when we're talking about somebody that's going out and looking to work at uh, McDonald's or in fast food or in retail, all of these things won't directly apply, but the attitude and the heart behind it, the the plan to stand out, it, the principles still apply. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to give some pretty specific advice, but realize that the principles apply. And the general person that I'm talking to is looking in that 40 to 80,000, uh, but easily up into the hundreds as well, depending on the role you're in. Well, I am not currently hiring, so please don't apply. <laughs> but but I've been in, in your shoes, David. Uh, I've hired several people over the years as I've worked uh, in a previous job. And I, like you, uh, had to learn how to interview, how to find the person that would best suit and fit our team. And uh, it, it is a, it's an art form. It's not something that I did well at the beginning. Uh, I learned by doing and then learned how to do it better and better and better. So I hope that our show today helps 
those people who are in a management position, whether you're hiring one person or many people, uh, that'll just give you maybe a little bit of uh, more in your tool belt that you can use so that next time you have to hire someone, you're just better equipped. Or if you're the person that's wanting to be hired, that you're both seeing it from the manager's perspective, but also understanding some of the things that you can do better so that you can land that better job with more income, with better potential for success. Yeah, I think that's interesting, Leo, because to my knowledge and belief, you're just probably the greatest hiring manager in the world, <laughs> as evidenced by a hire that you made about four years ago. Yes, uh, please remind me who that person was. Hiring what I would consider to be one of the best employees in the world. <laughs> so yes, uh, four years ago, Leo and I were working together and he hired me on full time to work under him. So so you know, he's already hired the best of the best. I have to agree. That was my best hire. So, <laughs> so, so therefore, he's a great hiring manager. Okay, so all kidding aside, um, when you're going through this process, you've got to remember that you have to stand out. Mm -hmm. You've got to do things that allow the hiring manager to see you uh, one, two, three, or four more times than they see the other people in the stack. Yes. So as I was going through this process, you know, I've got over 35 resumes in the queue and people are applying every day and I'm getting more resumes but I have no way to distinguish between one resume and another that look super similar. How do I really know what's going on in this person's life? And so look for unique ways to stand out. Look for things that pop off the page. And that's not always easy to do with a resume. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a resume is great. You need to have one in place. It needs to be well manicured, well put together. It can't have spelling errors. I actually had several people on my team look at resumes and they tore them apart with mispunctuations, um, spelling errors. I mean, I was surprised out mm. of the 35 resumes that I reviewed, you would uh, over about half of them wow. ranked less than seven on a scale of one to 10. I mean, and it was, it was, I mean, it was just crazy. There was one that was actually a really great candidate. But when I looked at the resume, I was just like, what was this person thinking? Now, I happened to know the person. So, uh, you know, I communicated with them and said, you better work on your resume and then keep pushing forward in this process. But it was based on relationship because they had already popped out. Now, they and would I not have had character. a chance no. if you didn't know them. Yeah, if I didn't know them, that resume would have ended up in the garbage mm -hmm. because I had 35 plus resumes and more were coming in. I've got to move quick. So how can you do something that directly stands out? Uh, go beyond the resume. And this is something I utilized in my last uh, interviewing process, but I would recommend, depending on the role you're searching for, but I would recommend that you maybe shoot a short 30 second video or a one minute video That's on great. your phone. Great idea. Do it outside somewhere with great lighting. Make sure the audio is good audio. You know, get close enough to the phone where it picks up your voice, but share your passion for this career and this job and this industry. No one else is doing that. Mm. Uh, nobody else, when they send their resume, is taking the time to find the hiring manager's email address, shoot a 30-second video, and drop it to them in an email. That alone would cause me to say, who is this person? I now know that they're articulate, that they care about this industry, and that they know how to hold a phone <laughs> you know, and yep. do basic tasks. It tells a lot about who you are, the little things that you'll do to go above and beyond. Um, so those are just a few of the initial thoughts. That's great. The other thing is the relationship side. Um, no matter what you want to believe, um, it's who you know. 
yeah. that matters. I've heard people say, well, that person just knew somebody and that's how they got the job. Well, of course. You know, you have to know somebody in order to get hired. You're basically saying that person just marketed better than you did. Uh, their name had a higher value in the hiring manager's mind than your name. If they have a good reputation, don't be mad when someone gets them hired because they knew somebody else that you didn't. Uh, just know that part of getting hired is knowing how to network, being willing to go the extra mile to know people, to understand people, to network with people, and get your name out there. People need to know what you're all about. If you're a quiet mouse sitting in the corner, nobody's going to notice you. It doesn't matter how brilliant you are. doesn't matter how well-resourced you are and how skillful you are. Nobody's going to know. So you have to speak up. And networking is a big part of getting hired. Yeah, this really speaks to who your friends are mm -hmm. and who your network is. Uh, so I heard somebody say that, you know, you'll become the average of your top five friends. Yeah. Well, if your top five friends are unemployed or underemployed, then it might be time to find some new friends. Yes, sir. You might be hanging out with duds. And, uh, and so it's time to look beyond your current scope of friends and say, how can I build my network and my relationships? Because if you have relationships, then people know your character. Mm -hmm. They know that you're the person who's consistent, that shows up on time, who speaks well, who carries himself well. If you can be in a network and in a relationship with somebody, that makes it a lot easier for them to hire you for a role because there's a lot less unexpected stuff that could come out in that role. Yeah. All of a sudden, the risk is way lower. Yeah, and it often makes sense to hire someone you know mm -hmm. uh, because that lowers the amount of surprise in the work ethic, the morals, cultural values, and background. Uh, when a company needs to hire fast, they will often look at their inner circle friends, acquaintances, friendly referrals. If you work with someone and they leave the company, then stay in touch. Learn where they went, how they are doing, and don't lose contact. They may become your best referral for your next job. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, I have worked with many people over the years, and uh, they will leave a, the company I'm working for, and I keep track of them, and I stay in touch, mm. and I make sure that our relationship is still strong. I used to work for a forensic engineering company. And even our competitors, like when I would go to networking or just conferences and I would see our competitors across the hall, well, guess who is most likely to hire me if anything goes wrong at my current company? Mm -hmm. It's the people who've seen me on the other side competing with them, selling more business than them, yeah. introducing more customers to my company versus their company. They're, they're exactly the kind of people that I want to be friendly with. Now, they're still competitors, so I don't want to collude with them. I don't want to harm my company in order sure. to build a relationship. But I'm going to be really friendly with my competitors because if anything ever goes wrong, I might be looking across the aisle to build relationships. I would see a competitor leave and go to a new company, and I'd say, I've never heard of that company. Tell me what you're doing over there. Because again, it opens up another company that I've never heard of, and now I've got a relationship inside of that company. Mm -hmm. And I would do that with all the vendors in our space. Now, I worked as the marketing manager, and so there was a lot of other marketing managers from different companies, and we'd get together to sell our different wares to different companies. And so I remember at these conferences making friends with the other marketing managers because they had the title I had. And if anything were to ever go wrong, I'm not looking for an engineering job, even though I work at a forensic engineering company. I'm looking for a marketing job inside of any company that has a marketing position. And so be thinking like that. Mm -hmm. Be thinking they may be your competitors today, but they may be your best opportunity for another job tomorrow. And even if they left their company and they went to a totally new industry, 
that just opens up another industry to you if something ever goes wrong at your work. Yeah. What it brings to mind, David, is insurance. Mm. You know, we purchase auto insurance, home insurance, life insurance. What about career insurance? Uh, it's important that while you're in your current job, you're building a reputation in the industry or in your area, that, that you're a hard worker and knowledgeable in your field. Start the networking now. A loss of a job is a huge hit to your personal finances. But if you can have another opportunity lined up within a month, um, just because you know someone and kept up with them, you network and stay connected, you can save yourself months or even years of financial trouble. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, you taking the time to buy another person in your industry, take them to lunch, mm -hmm. you're, you're basically buying insurance. You're paying the premiums yeah. to ensure yourself that if your company ever goes out of business, you, if you did that once a month, 12 months, you've got 12 different people that you're in a relationship with that you can go to first. You're, you're buying insurance. Yeah, and you know that as soon as they find out that you're no longer employed, yeah. they're going to look at you and say, we need to snatch that yeah. guy up yeah. because they're going to know you're the kind of person that they've been looking for Yeah. because there's always an opening. There's always a position that needs to be filled. I've seen this happen multiple times where a company, uh, companies I work for, they find a gifted and talented individual, and before they even have a position for them, they'll <laughs> yeah. hire them yeah. because they know I don't. We're not, we're not really sure where we're going to put this person, but we need to snatch them up because we can put them to something, to do something, in charge of something. And I think that's that speaks to the value that this person has consistently shown that they're able to provide, yeah. and the company notices that, the managers notice that, and it's important to be that kind of person. That when you step out of position, there's multiple position ready for you to step into. Yeah, that's really good. Uh, so some basic advice, don't stop applying for jobs. Mm -hmm. When you're in this process, don't get all bent out of shape over one job and say, this is the one, it's the only one, and you put all your eggs in one basket. You still want to diversify, just like we diversify our yep. investments. Yep. You know, Be looking at multiple jobs and be looking at pay scales that are higher than what you've earned in the past and pay scales that are slightly lower. You don't want to drop considerably, but you also don't want to be out of the job for six months to a year. Mm -hmm. So when you hit this stage, uh, my understanding is that when you hit somewhere between fifty and $150,000 a year, that for every $10,000 per year that you want to make, it's going to take about a month mm. to find that job. So if you lose a $50,000 a year job, it could take five months to find another one. Now, Again, this all goes back to how much premiums you paid on insurance That's by right. networking That's a relationship. Right. I've seen people that they leave one job today and within a week they're being offered at three different places because they built the relationship and the equity. Uh, but this is important. Don't stop searching. Keep pushing in. And remember, you're going to need a specific cover letter or a fun way to introduce yourself to each company mm -hmm. that speaks directly to that company and says, I like you as a company and here's why I want to come engage and work for you. Uh, you should have a targeted resume to that company and to that job. And this was something that really impressed me when I was hiring, again, about 35 resumes that we went through on the first round. And there was probably... There was probably 15 people that really had industry-specific understanding mm -hmm. for what I was hiring for, but there was about five that tailored their resume to the role, and there was one that just downright perfectly nailed it. They laid out 
all the things I do on a daily basis, how they had done them and not even full time in work. Uh, a lot of it was volunteering and what they had done in their volunteer roles, but it specifically laid out the things I was looking for. And it was so well done. Mm. Um, I was just thinking they were immediately in the top five. I mean, yeah. just immediately. I'm like, this person gets what I do every day. And I want to make sure that I interview them because if they already understand it, then they're definitely a top candidate. Sure. That makes sense. Uh, if you're hiring for a manager position, then dress like a manager. Yeah, that's huge. You've got to dress for the part. Uh, if Whatever your profession happens to be, make sure you dress for it. And at the minimum, dress as a professional. It doesn't matter. Even if you're going for a job at McDonald's, it doesn't really matter. You still need to look presentable. Uh, it, first impressions are really, really important. Understand that a manager is looking at your resume first. That's before they have a chance to know who you are. They don't see you. They don't know what you look like. They just see this piece of paper that's supposed to define you. But then when you have an opportunity to step in and see them face-to-face, don't blow it. I mean, it's so important that you dress well, that you show up on time. There's such small things that you can do that uh, will either keep you in the running or will take you completely out. Never say anything bad about a previous employer. Mm. It's important to understand that when you do that, it speaks volumes as to what you're going to do once you're hired, if yeah. you're hired at that current location. So don't do not do that. Networking is an essential component of successful job hunting. Uh, it's acceptable to apply for the same job more than once. Yeah. In fact, it's important that you stay persistent. Yeah, this is good because um, I remember just as a, as a manager, somebody who's hiring for some positions, the people that kept reaching out, my heart went out to those people. Mm-hmm. Like I immediately began to think, well, you know, I, I, I wasn't giving them a second thought before, but now like they keep reaching out, they're passionate. All of a sudden my heart was a little bit more tied to that person. Yeah. And every time that your name lands in front of the hiring manager or the HR department that they see it, it sticks in their mind a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And it just sticks in their mind a little bit more. You don't want to overdo it. You don't want to send you know multiple emails a day. Yeah. Uh, but once a week, just touching base. Once every other week, touching base. And maybe dropping in something that you've written that would pertain to that industry or some experience that perfectly ties in and says, hey, I know that you're still deliberating on the decision. I know you've got a lot of resumes to look at. But I did want to remind you that I wrote an article that pertains to this job mm-hmm. and, you know, it got 100 likes on Facebook or, you know, something where you are playing up something that ties into the position and once again ties your mind or your name into the hiring manager's mind. Yeah. Getting hired is like sales. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you, you're you going to get rejected. But the more you go out there, the more persistent you are, the more professional you are, the more you learn about what to say, what not to say, and how to present yourself in the best light so that your future employer sees the value that you're offering, the the better off you'll be and the quicker you'll get snatched up. So it's important to understand that it, it's about sales. It's about not accepting rejection. You can't put, you cannot allow yourself to get bogged down or depressed or sad because somebody said no. They're looking at literally sometimes hundreds yeah. of resumes. Yeah. So it's not personal. Mm-hmm. They're just trying to find the person that stands out. So stand out. Be yeah. that person that stands out. And sooner or later, you'll get that job. Yeah. And when they say no, still be honoring and grateful for the sure. opportunity so that if anything else happens to open up at the company, you're still the first person in their mind. Mm-hmm. Or 
if anybody ever calls them and says, hey, do you know this person? I heard they interviewed with you and now they're interviewing with me. Let's say you look inside the same company Hmm. at another job and that hiring manager calls the first hiring manager and says, hey, what was your interaction? Well, you know, he didn't get this position, but he was really friendly even afterwards. He wasn't rude when I didn't give him the position. That matters. Those are the little things that people are paying attention to. Sure. They're looking at attitudes. They're looking at motives. They're looking to find out who you truly are. Yeah. And throughout the whole process, you want to want to make sure that you stay true to who you are. And if you just drop off and say, oh, they didn't they didn't hire me. Well, they're going to know that you just you're putting on a show. You weren't really this person that could add value to them. You're just somebody who was trying to pretend to be someone in order to get their job. So, yeah, never burn in bridges. It yes. just it's not a good idea. Yes. So. Uh, so go in and do some research on the specific company that you want to work for. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was something that was really cool. I could tell the people that knew what I was looking for in the position I was hiring and the people that knew the organization that I worked for. And they actually cared about the organization versus the people who just wanted to work at the organization because it had a big, well-known name in the industry. And they're saying, yeah. oh, I want to work there because it'll, it'll look great and I know it's a good company. But they didn't actually know anything really about the company. Yeah. Their heart wasn't invested there. And for me, that was a big deal. I was looking for somebody who cared about our organization and was willing to go above and beyond because that's what I've done is I've gone above and beyond and I've looked for ways to serve the company well. Mm-hmm. And I don't want somebody on my team who's going to slow me down. Right. So I want somebody who's going to come at full speed and actually push me to go further, yes. not slow me down. I want somebody, and this is maybe different than, than some other hiring managers, but I want somebody who's going to take my place one day. <laughs> you know I mean? I yeah. want somebody that that's has the, the ability. That's the you know? definition of a, a good leader, somebody yeah. who can literally work themselves out of a job. Yeah. And so you can't fear no. being replaced. If you're doing a good job and you're leading other people, it's going to be better for the team. It's going to be better for the organization. It's going to be better for you in the long run. That's right. Because if you can if you can train your whole team to do the work that you're doing, it opens you up to do more important work or new things mm-hmm. and cast more vision and go further in different areas that have never been explored by the company. Yeah. And that can be really valuable. So find out. A, what, as much as you can about the company, but then B, find out what you can about the person mm-hmm. that is interviewing you. Uh, now, I was unique because every single person that put in their resume, immediately within a day or so, I would turn around and email each of them with a request. Mm-hmm. And I requested, uh, so I, I requested a short video so I could see how they present themselves, so I could hear their passion for the industry. Mm-hmm. So everybody that applied for the job I was putting out did do a video. So that wasn't unique there, but they now all have my email address. They all know who the hiring manager is. Mm-hmm. I thought I thought for sure that I was gonna get flooded with people that wanted to follow up, that wanted to build a relationship with me, that would call me because my phone number is in my email signature. I just thought for sure I'm opening the floodgates mm-hmm. to these people. And I'll tell you, uh, two, two people that I can think of said, hey, I want to come see some of your trainings and get involved in what you're doing, regardless of what happens. Those two people immediately went into the top five or six candidates because they were following up to know more and do more. Mm -hmm. Uh, One other person said, hey, I'd love to meet with you for coffee and just get to know you personally and not even about the job. And that, again, 
it gave them the opportunity to present themselves to me without even it being an interview, but just to build a relationship. Now, not every hiring manager is going to do that. Right. But what I'm telling you is that your competition out there, if, if there was 30 people applying for this job and it was more than that, and only three of them took the initiative to follow up with the hiring manager personally and try to personally engage with them, mm. then that means less than 10% of people are doing a really great job at fighting for a position. And so when you're out in the marketplace, you just have to do a little bit better than those 10% of people who lean in and push for a job. So if you can present yourself well with a short video, putting together some uh, some things that you've written about the industry or some quick wins that you've had in a previous job, if you can if you can make a point to get in front of the hiring manager, man, you're already several steps ahead of mm -hmm. most of your competition. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know that uh, cultural fit uh, is such an important part of the hiring process. Yes. If, if the person it doesn't fit culturally, meaning they're just not going to be a good part of the team, then there's no chance, right? I mean, that's such an important part. So everything you've been describing, David, is about making sure that you understand this manager and I think it's sometimes as a as a person that's looking to get hired, we get we get in this position where we think we just need to impress this person, we need to do the best we can to get this job, instead of thinking, is this the best place for me? Mm -hmm. Am I going to be happy here? Am I going to be fulfilled here? And I know sometimes we can get desperate because money can be tight and we need a job, but just taking that extra time to research to make sure this is the right person, the right company, the right team to work on, it's so important. Because in the end, you're either going to be miserable or you're going to be happy and fulfilled. And I'll take happy and fulfilled every time. So yeah, it's important that you understand. And everything you've been mentioning about, whether it's pulling that person aside, buying them lunch, connecting with them some way, following up with them, is all about understanding them as much as understanding whether this is going to be good for you. Because by understanding them, you'll understand if you can work with them, if they're going to create an atmosphere that you can thrive and grow in. Yeah. So it's, it's really, really important. Yeah, the the sneaky ones, they would ask me more questions than I would ask them. <laughs> yeah, that's how you know. <laughs> and and they were great because uh, it was great for them because I'm, I'm a little bit of a talker, hence the podcast. Mm -hmm. And so I would share a lot. You know, I would be an open book. I'd say, hey, here's the cultural values. Here's what matters to me. And I would give them the opportunity to turn around and display themselves in a way that lined up with what I was looking for. And so you're not always going to find that with a hiring manager. But you do. You want to learn who they are, because if you get along well with them, that's the kind of person that they want to work with. Mm -hmm. You know, you want to work with somebody that you enjoy being around. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons that Leo and I, it was easy for him to hire me was because we got along really well for yeah, five we, years yeah, before we were working that. together for five years before yes. we worked Officially, officially together. together. Yes. So, yeah. so, so, you know, we had built that rapport and that relationship. And so he already knew I'm going to get somebody who's got strong morals, a hard work ethic, who, you know, dresses in a clean way. And he knew what he was getting because we'd been doing things together for five years. Mm -hmm. And so part of it was that I knew him. And so it was based on that relationship. But you can still do the same thing without five years of experience with somebody, but realize the places where you do have five years of relationship, that's your best bet to start there. Mm -hmm. Start with family members, start with best friends, start with friends of your best friend, look within your closest network where you've paid the most insurance premiums on your career with time and energy, mm -hmm. and then extend from there. Yeah, that's good. 
So after doing some research and finding out more about the hiring manager and the company, it's time to prepare some creative, insightful questions that include and create or craft your personal story so that when you're sitting in this interview, you're sure to be able to connect and help them understand who you really are. Sure, some of the standard questions like, where do you see the company in five years? Can be useful in some case, but make sure that the act of asking them doesn't compromise your own credibility. Uh, depending upon your potential role in the company, the person interviewing you likely doesn't want to hear you asking about what day-to-day -day activities will be. They want to hire an expert in your field, so act like one. Be sure to refresh your memory on your most relevant recent experience and craft an engaging story that effectively communicates your employment journey. Focus on how your experience will benefit your potential new employer. Yeah, that's so big. There's a few people that I sat down and interviewed, and they were like, well, tell me what your job looks like. Tell me what you do every day. And immediately I began to think, if you don't know what I do and you don't understand the job that you're applying for, yeah, I'm going to have a lot of training to do. <laughs> like I'm going to have to train you a lot. And I yeah. don't want to start from scratch with this right. position. Uh, the positions I was looking for, they were, they, were, they were beyond entry level. It was really a secondary position. And I wanted to make sure that this person was coming in with an understanding and depth. And so if you're asking, well, what do you do every single day? If you ask it the wrong way, it could really come off the wrong way. And there's a few times that happens. So just be aware. Uh, bring two extra copies of your resume. Again, dress professionally and dress professionally for the unique organization that you're going to. So if everybody at that organization uh, wears business casual, then wear business casual and a sport coat or a jacket so that you're one step above. Mm -hmm. If everybody there wears jeans, Maybe you wear jeans and then you put a sport coat on top of it. Yeah. But again, you try to go one step above. So you show you can fit into the culture and you can be a little bit more classy and, and well prepared for that interview. Definitely turn your phone off, arrive five to 10 minutes early. I mean, these are the basics of the basics. And then, you know, ask them when you can expect a decision but then follow up with the person who's making the decision. Mm -hmm. So again, everybody that I interviewed had my email and, and I'd probably say eight to 10 of them did follow up. And, uh, but, but again, uh, you want to do this in a professional, courteous way. So ask when you can expect a decision and then definitely figure out who you need to follow up to. And if you want the job at the end of the interview process or as you're going through this process, say so, let them know. This is something that I'm really passionate about. Mm -hmm. I would love to work for this organization. And the people that articulated that and it was sincere, uh, I definitely had a bent towards those people where I was thinking, man, I would love to get this person in the door. At the end of the day, I had like seven candidates, <laughs> seven different people yeah. that I would have loved working with. Yeah, that's um, great. That's great when you have that. Yeah, I, I had a good problem to have. Uh, but in a lot of jobs, that's not true. So if you are the person that is leaning in and saying, I would love to be here. I love this company. I love the work that's happening. Mm -hmm. Even on the most basic jobs, let's say that you're looking at McDonald's. I love to serve people every day. I would love the opportunity to help people feel full and happy and satisfied at a meal. I love that we have a play place where kids can play and moms can sit down and enjoy a meal where their kids have fun. I mean, look for those unique things that speak to that company. I love 
Walmart. I love the fact that you guys are open 24-7. I've always wanted to work here because you have everything a family needs to survive. I mean, find a way to articulate the corporate values and the unique selling position of that company and why you appreciate it. Don't be insincere, but look for ways to line up your values with their values. Yeah, it's, I think one of the things that you said we really need to highlight is at the end of an interview, you have to say you want this job. Yeah. I think it's so easy for people to think, well, of course they know I want the job. I'm here, aren't I? Well, the reality is everybody coming through assumes that the manager knows they want the job. But let's put ourselves in the manager's position for a second. He's interviewing dozens of people for one position. And if one says, I really want this job, that will stand out because, yeah. because all of them assume that they're there to get the job. But honestly, after all the questions they're asking you, you're asking them, they might feel differently. And you don't know that as a manager unless they say, hey, after, after our time together, I am more excited of the potential mm, of working good. here. Yeah. So I'm just, I just want to make it official. I would love to have this opportunity to work for you and to work for this company. That will, that will stick in the manager's mind. I know it would in my mind yeah. if somebody actually said, I really, after this interview, I'm jazzed. I want this job. Yeah. It's, not, it's not overkill, and it's certainly not. Um, it's not expected. Right. It's not expected. We just assume that everybody knows, but yeah. you have to say it. I think it's such a crucial thing to do. Yeah, and and I remember one particular candidate that did that, and and it wasn't just they said, I want this job, but they said, I want to work with you. Yeah. yeah. I want to work for you. Yeah, uh, and, even better. And imagine that you're the hiring manager and you now have somebody directly saying, I want to work for you. Like, you are a great person. I want to work for you. A, it's an ego boost, and B, it's like, man, I want to work with somebody who wants to work with me, that yeah. likes me. This guy likes me, or this Especially girl likes me. Especially if you connected me. well. Yes. Yeah. And, and even if there is, you know, I know that sometimes there can be this frustration of, oh, well, you know, I'm overqualified for this job, or there's a, a generational gap where I'm older and I'm applying for a job with somebody who's younger, and they're going to be my boss. Then tell them right there in the interview, mm-hmm. I would love to work for you. I love your vision. I love the passion you have. And I realize that I am a little bit older and I come from a different generation, but I will have no problem submitting to your authority in this role. Yeah, that's great. If you say that up front, it immediately begins to wipe away any fear that the Mm -hmm. hiring manager has that, well, if I invite somebody onto the team who's 20 years older than me, are they going to try to take the team over? Yeah. No. Are they going to disrespect me? Yes. Yeah. All those things are part of a manager's thinking. Yeah. And they have to wrestle through especially when you're dealing with somebody that has potentially more experience or more, more season. Right? Yes. Yes. Um, that could be a threat to the manager. Yeah. So why not disarm that and say, Hey, I'm not here to take over your job. I'm here to work with you. Yeah. And this would be a great opportunity for me, a great uh, benefit to the, the company and yeah. for this team. So yeah, I, those, those small things make such a big difference. So yeah, there doesn't have to be any weirdness uh, if you're a generation older or a generation younger in a position It really comes down to the fit and the Mm -hmm. culture Mm -hmm. and really how well you relate to that team. So be aware of that. Some other fun things, um, you know, when you're in your current job, work on gaining the character of becoming the person that people want to work with. Yeah. I mean, do people want to work with you now? Then when you go into that interview process, they're going to see that. Oh, man, that guy seems like he's easy to get along with. Uh, You know, start by showing up early at your job, leaving a little bit later, actually doing work when you're in your job. Do the work you can pay for, yeah. (laughs) I don't know what the statistics are, but I remember hearing about them a year or two ago. 
And it was abysmal. It was like 30 or 40% of people don't work mm. when they're at their job. I don't remember what the number was, but it was, I, I'm leaning on the conservative side. Yeah. I think it was even higher than that. Higher I was than blown we away. admit. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, you know, actually do the work because that's going to get you great referrals in the long run as well. Um, yeah, just be a generous person. This is part of why we talk about generosity and the way you manage your finances, setting aside money to serve others, to bless others. Well, if you're a generous person in your personal finances, you become a generous person in your basic work habits, mm -hmm. people are going to notice that. That's who people want to work with. Um, one of the things that a lot of people inside of my job have begun to do is intentionally wipe down the counters in the bathroom. And I do this personally. When I go into the bathroom and there's water all over the sinks, I do this at the movie theater. Yeah. I go to the movie theater and think about that after like 100 people have gone through, seen a movie, and then everybody washes their hands. There's water everywhere. But I'll take an extra two or three pieces of one or two ply, you know, paper towel and I'll wipe down the counter because I want to be that person who goes a little bit further and serves a little bit more, even when it's not noticed. Like it doesn't have to be I'm doing this to be noticed. But imagine, uh, this is a totally random scenario, but the hiring manager walks into the bathroom at the movie theater and sees you wiping down the counters. Man, that's a humble person. That's somebody who's servant-minded. Pick up, pick up trash off the ground mm. at your company. Pick up trash. I don't pick up the trash at the movie theater. I'm not going that far. <laughs> some of that that would be an all-day job. Yeah, that would be an all-day <laughs> job. But, but I mean, find those little things. Be the person who holds the door for others. Mm -hmm. Those little things as you instill that into your character today, it'll come across just completely without Natural. effort. Natural. Natural. That's it. Yeah. It's not about, it's not about faking your yes. way to into a position. Right? <laughs> right. We don't, we don't right. want to be those kind of people. We no. want to be the kind of people that when we stand before uh, a hiring manager, that who we are is who we are. We're not faking it. We're not trying to be somebody to impress. This is who we are. My daughter recently took a position, uh, her first year teaching after graduating from college. She had a teaching degree. And I remember my advice to her when she went in for the interview. She had the interview, was very quick. Uh, she was in and out. Like she found out about the job and was interviewed like the next day or later that day. And I remember sending her a text and I said, be yourself. Mm, that's good. That's all I said, be yourself. And and I also said, make sure that it's a right fit for you. Yeah. Because the important thing about any job is that, one, you don't have to become somebody else every time you show up. That's an exhausting <sighs> thing to have to do. Yep. If you have to adjust to being someone in order to fit into a team or to impress people, then it's going to be a miserable existence for you. So I just said, be yourself. If they like you, they'll hire you. Yeah. If they don't, they won't. And that's good for you. It's good for them. Right. So it's best for you to be able to fit. So I just, uh, I, I love what you just talked about because character is what we're after. But if you have the right character, then everything else we talked about, the networking, the connection, the uh, going above and beyond, all that stuff's just going to flow right out of you. Yeah. Yeah. And your daughter had an advantage because when you said just be yourself, she naturally has that character and integrity and hard work because you've instilled that into her. And she built that as well into herself. I mean, part of that is parenting. Part of it is taking on that initiative. And so be that person. Be working on becoming that person today so that when you get there, 
it is the insurance that it's already inside of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to end with just a few great resume words. And these are words that really indicate that you're a leader. Mm-hmm. And I found this on a website, but I, I really loved these words. I was like, wow, I'm, you know, if I edit my resume, I'm going to throw some of these words in there. Yeah. Uh, I'm hoping to not need to edit my resume anytime soon. <laughs> but if I do, these are the words I'm going towards. Uh, so just, just listen to a few of these. Um, write down the ones that stick out to you or take notes. But I just love these individual words that fit. Uh, spearheaded, pioneered, ignited, or piloted. Piloted tells me that this is the first person to try something new and that they're an agenda, that they're willing to go get something. They'll chase a new agenda. Uh, I revitalized or modernized a process. Uh, we optimized we budgeted. Now I love that because yes, I'm in you know, the finance world. So if you budgeted and that's on your resume, I'm, I'm highlighting that literally <laughs> cut costs. That's getting highlighted as well. Uh, drove growth. I love seeing that somebody can increase mm-hmm. something other than debts. So that if you can increase, you know, you could reduce debt. That's another yes, good word. Reduce would be very well there. Um, something along the lines of mentored, if you were going to be training others in the company, mentored, shaped, or trained, motivated. Mm-hmm. Uh, motivated is a great word on the resume. And I'm thinking some of the words as you look at your resume, they're just plain because when you write it, you're just in a hurry and you're kind of like, oh, I did this, I did this. If you instead could write, I motivated a new initiative or a change that influenced three different branches or three different mm-hmm. uh, subsets of our company. How cool is that? Uh, I united or um, this is this might be too far, but galvanized. That's that's almost like too fancy of a word for a resume. I'd be <laughs> like, well, are, are we in like 12th grade English or what's happening here? This is AP. But yeah, it's be a careful. You can't go overboard. with Yeah, these, don't so go overboard. Use uh, appropriate words at the right time. But these are some fun words. Um, And then mobilized or one, we won. I mean, the idea of hiring a winner, and you'd have to be careful with how you put that in, Mm -hmm. but we won some new business or we we won um, something. Yeah, that fits. So these are some just fun words to play with. Uh, Be aware that it matters. The little things matter. And take home that your character matters that your networking and the time you invest networking now matters and that you building a personal rapport and relationship with that hiring manager and team. It's a good thing. Yep. That's great. Uh, I really enjoyed this episode. I think uh, it, was, it was really cool <laughs> to talk about some of the the things that we both experienced, both as trying to, as people trying to get a job, but also people hiring people. So it's, uh, it's great. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. If you enjoyed it, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast and give us a five-star review. We really appreciate that. That helps us to rank higher on iTunes so that more people can find our podcast. You can also share this podcast on your favorite social media platform. And while you're there, find us, reach out to us, let us know if we can help you and how we can help you. We'd love to have you be part of the personal finance conversation that is going on through this podcast. You can find the show notes for this episode, more content and resources at leosabo.com. And we look forward to having you join us next time so that together we we can can keep keep getting getting money money right. Work on your character. Become the person that others like to work with. Start by showing up early, leaving later, and actually just working while you're at work.